it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Joe, I'll never figure out why somebody sells for blog coffee every day. Just being one click away, you'll have some of the best coffee you'll ever find. With Trade Coffee, you can start every morning with something special. Mike, that's right. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before. They partner with the top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. The Trade Coffee team, well, they do all the work. They taste hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month, and they curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The Trade team actually worked with me to create my own custom collection. So if you want your coffee to taste great, but not too strong, go check out my collection at Trade. But you don't have to like what I picked. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or by flavor profile. Or you can take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your favorite tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You only have to do one thing. You have nothing to lose. Trade guarantees you will love the first bag. And if not, they'll work out with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at your home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off of your first order, plus shipping is free at drinktrade.com slash Joe West. That's drinktrade.com slash Joe West for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Welcome to 5460, the Joe West Podcast. Featuring former Major League Baseball umpire Joe West. For six decades, no one has seen more baseball than Joe West. And now he shares those stories with you every week right here on the Podcast Heat Network. is asking the Reds to leave the field. I guess maybe as a form of security. 
Well, Joe West is not going back behind the, the catcher. So what is he doing? He, he wants to throw him out or what? He's not going to back away from confrontation. It's just not in his makeup. Who, which guy are we talking about backing away? Well, come to think of it, hey, it's both guys. <laughs> Somebody's been tossed, and here comes Cox. It was Bobby Cox who threw the helmet out there. Off the umpire, oh. and that's a foul ball. Joe West gets drilled, and he appears none the worse for it. <laughs> He's a strong man. Nice. Now Joe's going to give him some argument because Mark's saying, "Why do you do?" Joe, just get over there and umpire, will you? Yeah. Just get over there and umpire. No. That's all. It's 54-60. The Joe West Podcast. Here's Joe West and your host, Mike Claiborne. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 5460. It is the Joe West Podcast, and it doesn't get any better when it comes to guests, as we have a gentleman who has done so much in the game of baseball. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a former MVP. You think of the month of October. You don't think about Halloween. You think of Reggie Jackson, and he's our guest today. Reggie, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to 5460. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Mike. Well, and, and I like it the way they introduce you, boy. I tell you what, you, you were Mr. October. I look, at, I look at the statistics you had, and I, I know you only played half as many years as I umpired, but uh, it was wow. quite impressive, and I'm, I'm really proud to call you a friend, and it was really, really unique, and thank you for so much for coming on with us. Joe, did you ever – umpire at they didn't have interleague play so did you ever umpire any of the all-star games um or any of the the world series that i was in no i i was telling somebody that the other day i said you know i've known you all these years and i don't think i had you in a single game i don't think i had you in spring training games wow. and I, where, where was your spring training when did you start in the league I started in '76. Okay, then, so wow, I had uh, I had 11 or 12 years with you in, in with, for us, to, you know, to be together in 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 baseball. And and we never had a game that we were both in at the same time. I think that's the only reason you talked to me, isn't it? Because I never called you out. <laughs> <laughs> not, not not really. You know, I hardly ever argued with an umpire. Nope. That's the truth. What are you laughing nope. at? No, I, I know I know that for a fact. In fact, you told me one day on the set of The Naked Gun, you said that if I had a problem with the pitch the umpire called, I would step back, keep my head down, and say, I don't think that was where it was, whatever you would say, but you never tried to show an umpire up. Yeah. And I, every American League umpire I talked to about you would say he was you were a prince of a guy. So I thought that was that was unique, yeah. you know. So Yeah, I never thought that the umpire I should say I never thought that the umpire got involved, um, but I was a swinger. Uh, I struck out 2,500 times, and I bet you I didn't strike out 200 of them looking. Well, uh, no, because you were trying to put the ball in play. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thing. I can I can remember 
times we we met at Pebble Beach because you still have a place out there. And uh, I remember the one day you pulled up next to us on the, the road on number three. And uh, one of the guys I was playing with was a big Yankee fan. Another guy I was playing with was a big A's fan. Mm-hmm. And the fourth guy in our group was Steve Ripley. And you got out of your Escalade, stepped over the fence and said, hey, cowboy, how you doing? Because I did wear a cowboy hat whenever I played at Pebble Beach. <laughs> and those those two guys from Oakland and, and New York, they couldn't talk because they got to meet Reggie Jackson. <laughs> I said, he he's a human being like everybody. He's a good guy. Don't <laughs> And they were so excited about that. So those two guys think I set the moon because I introduced them to you. But yeah, uh, I remember. Went, we, yeah, I remember exactly when you did that, and you yeah. stepped right up over the fence, left the car parked in the road. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Reggie, I wanted to ask you a question, Reggie. You, you and Joe never were on the field at the same time, but one of the most fascinating books I've ever read is one you and Bob Gibson worked on together. You guys didn't face each other as well, except I think maybe in an exhibition game at some point. What was that relationship like having a chance to work with Bob, uh, one of the most, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, dealing with one of the greatest players of all time and yourself? You know, I never saw Bob um, in a game that counted. We did, I did face him in the All Star game a couple of times. And I remember getting a double off him in Atlanta. And I hit a ball off the right field fence and I got around the second base and he had turned around and looked at me and I immediately put my eyes down to the ground. I didn't want to look at him. <laughs> I didn't think I was, was going to show him up or anything like that because, you know, he, he was, you know, he, 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 let me see the, the outs. I want to say the outside of the plate belonged to him. And he thought the inside of the plate belonged to the hitter. And, uh, I just didn't want to want him to give me any payback for being a smart aleck, you know. <laughs> I yeah, remember pay, we were payback both, was painful. <laughs> we that's right, that's right. We were both retired, and um, he was doing a a book called Sixty Feet Six Inches, and it was supposed to be being done with Hank Aaron, and um, for some reason there was some conflict. And so I was the go-to guy after Hank, and I was so honored um, to be part of something with Bob Gibson because I looked up to him. He had paved the way for minorities. Uh, he represented everything I loved about, about about baseball, about being a baseball player, how he went about the game. And so it was such an honor for me to do the book with him uh, and that's been my memory since uh, we developed a great relationship after that. Um, and I can remember the the most the best thing about my baseball career is I was a baseball player who was pretty good, but I was a fan, and I was a fan of the Gibsons and the Duke Snyder's and the Johnny Benches, who was a peer of mine. Uh, Mike Smith, and then, of course, Mays and Aaron and Billy Williams and Ernie Banks and McCovey, uh, Fergie Jenkins. And I just admired those players so much because I was a baseball player that was a baseball fan. Um, and so I gathered autographs. Uh, I still have memorabilia. I have Willie Mays' last glove uh, that I bought and still own. Uh, and I've got 
purchases like a Mike Schmidt bat or a Pete Rose bat or a John Bench bat, um, uh, a Greg Maddox glove, uh, a Sandy Koufax glove, and things like that that are in my collection um, because I was a fan. Hey, Joe, tell our listeners what you told me about the all-natural B1 sports performance and wellness patch that's revolutionizing sports nutrition. Fans, there's no more sugary energy drinks or extra caffeine for an energy boost. The B1 patch is fast-acting, it's body heat activated, and proudly made here in the United States. It's a must-have if you're out on the golf course or on the go or just patching up your future major leaguers. Feel good about using this 100% all-natural B1 patch from USA National Patches. It's easy to apply, worn by over 200 athletes, and is the official patch of 78 Division I schools. And, Mike, I personally used the B1 patch for years, and they've made a, a real difference in my life. Visit buyb1.com and enter the code umpire to buy B1 and get one free. I really want you to try these, and I want all our listeners to try it. You'll be glad you did. It's the B1 patch. Don't compete without it. That's buyb1.com. Enter the code umpire and buy one and get one free. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of people that appreciate everything you did. I, I look at some of the stats that you had. You, you had uh, 10 first-place teams in 21 seasons. So half the, half the games, half the teams you played for finished first in their division or won the pennant or went to the world series. And you had back to back to back world series wins with the A's and you had back to back world series wins with the Yankees. And uh, the fact that you love the game as much as you do, it just shows in everything that you, you did. And even the fact that you collect the stuff, even today, uh, I think a lot of kids today don't understand the history of what brought you up here. And I'm, I, I know that you went through the minor leagues like everybody else. And it, it, you, you even alluded to the fact that John McNamara helped you when you were in Birmingham, which was in yep. the South where you were in the double A, a system. Uh, and, and it, it couldn't have been easy for you to grow up at that time in the minor leagues to get to the big leagues. You want to, Talk about that just a little bit. It was it was difficult. Um, I remember going to spring training in 1967 um, in Waycross, Georgia, and and all the black players, colored players, um, had to go into town in Waycross, Georgia, together to get our supplies, we had toothpaste and, and 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 things like that, deodorant, etc. Um, stuff to wash your clothes and things, and then we had to get off the bus, go get our stuff, and then come back. And then we stayed in one barrack. All of um, black and Latin players stayed in one barrack. Um, and then I was slated to play in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, and I did not want to go there. Um, I, I didn't get into it, but I talked to our owner, uh, Charlie Finley, about just not wanting to go because I was fearful of the racism in the South. And at that time... Um, it was just a couple of years away from the fire in the church where the Klan had burned uh, the church down along with four little girls that was, were in it. And it was a scary place to go for me at the time. Um, it was a lawless place. 
they had a guy that ran the town or was the sheriff in the town named Bull Connor. And, you know, that name is, is, is etched in with racism. And so I was very, very fortunate to uh, have a manager there, John McNamara, that when we traveled, I was the only uh, colored on the team, only black player on the team. And if I couldn't eat in a restaurant, we'd get all the food bought out to the bus. If I couldn't stay in a hotel, um, you know, we'd drive on and go find a place that would, would let me stay. And the first time it happened, we were in Knoxville and we went into the lobby and uh, got ready to check in. And they pointed at me and said, he can't stay in here. And so uh, McNamara took the whole team and we went down to the next couple of town, next, you know, couple of places. And uh, I remember George Lazarique, who was a Cuban right-hand pitcher for us. And also Gil Blanco, who was a Mexican, um, but it was, you know, it was hard to see, if, you know, they were Latin, they looked white. And so they would go in and see if I could stay there and then come out and let Johnny McNamara know if I could or not. And of course, uh, he would always protect me. So, you know, from Dave Duncan to Joe Rudy and Raleigh Fingers and those guys that I played with, uh, I was really looked after, protected in reference to being a minority in the, in the league in those days, uh, Joe Rudy and I became roommates and it was a big story uh, that he and I were rooming together and we were just two buddies that were, that were, you know, hanging out together. It was pretty, it was it, just a cool thing for us. Well, Ricky Jackson uh, is a hall of famer. We're having a chance to visit with him. 5460 is where you find us with Joe West. Reggie, the month of October is here. And as I mentioned at the outset, there are two things that we know about October, Halloween and Reggie Jackson. Uh, <laughs> where did that come from? Because you found a way to be on the biggest stage the game had to offer and you produced. When did that all start for you? Um, it was 1977 um, and uh, or 1973. Uh, Joe Garagiola. Um, we were playing against the Mets, and I had a good day one day, uh, or I had uh, a good day against Seaver in game six. Uh, I think I drove in a, a two or three of the runs, and we beat the Mets four to two or four to three, something like that. Um, and I had a good day against Seaver, and he had called me the autumn child. Um, because <laughs> I was playing well in postseason, and um, from there, um, in 1977, I uh, went to the Yankees and in October. On October the 1st, I hit a couple of home runs and drove in uh, home, drove in run number 100 and hit home run number 30. And that was a milestone back then. And being a free agent with the Yankees, it was a, a big deal because the I was the highest paid player in the game and I had lived up to the reputation. And so after the game, they came in and Thurman Munson had a good day, but uh, he was uh, pissed off that day or something. And he, and he said, I don't want to talk to you guys. Go down and talk to Mr. October there. Go let him talk. <laughs> and, and so uh, that stuck. And, and from there, I went into the World Series and, and postseason, and um, they picked up on the name Mr. October, and it stuck. 
I had a, had a good series. The first guy to hit five home runs in a series and three in one game since uh, Babe Ruth. So, and being in New York and with the Yankees, uh, it stuck and and uh, you know it got got a whole hell of a lot of attention and mostly because it's the city of New York and then of course the Yankees are involved and that's uh, always a big deal. This episode is brought to you by Car Shield who makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic. And CarShield's administrators handle all the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or the headaches you're taken care of. The same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast -coast roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Get coverage today and you'll lock up your price now and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs, and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash podcast. A deductible may apply. You know, Reggie, you had a great high school uh, career, and you got uh, drafted – well, not drafted, but you signed a football scholarship to play at Arizona State. I don't think a lot of people knew that. You know? <laughs> Joe, Joe uh, I played for a guy named uh, Frank Cush. Who was oh, boy. Yeah. Really – there you go. Who said, oh, yeah, boy? I did. I, I, he, was, he was an interesting coach for sure, a very successful coach. He put Arizona State's program on the map. Yes, he was really a tough guy. Uh, to deal with, and uh, he'd make sure he beat you up. And uh, I was one of those guys that got beat up, um, but he thought that he was preparing you for the future and the future of your career. And so I enjoyed playing for for, for Frank Cush, and I got the crap beat out of me, really, uh, as a <laughs> football player. Uh, and I would say, Joe, I don't know if you know this, or um, you say I want to make sure I get um, my – Mike, Mike um, I want to make sure, you know, uh, I enjoyed football more than I did baseball. And I was a better football player than I was a baseball player when I was in college. What position? I was a tailback and a safety. I played both ways. And, and at that time in football, it was almost part, it was kind of part of being a football player that you, you know, you had a defensive position and you had an offensive position. Yeah, and then then you were lucky. You had Bobby Winkles as the baseball coach. I think you impressed him one day hitting a home run with your football gear on. <laughs> um, you know, they they uh they there was the guys in uh, we had a, a athlete a dormitory at Arizona State University, and we would always talk in the hallway all the time. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, gosh, I'd like to play a little baseball here, et cetera, et cetera. They would never had a black player play on the baseball team and the coach was from arkansas and so the players there they didn't uh, 
uh, outright say it, but they kind of snickered about it. I said, you know, I, I can play baseball too. And at the time, I was recognized as the top amateur baseball player in the country. Um, you know, it wasn't as known then. Um, but one day I w- we were having spring football practice, and I went over to Coach Winkles in my football stuff, and uh, Bobby Winkles wound up being a major league uh, manager with the White Sox as well as the Angels. And I said, you know, uh, uh, Coach Winkles, I'd love to come out and try out one day. And he said, well, Reggie, I've heard of you. Uh, the scouts have told me how good of a player you are, so feel free to come and try anytime." So about three weeks later or so, uh, we had a short day. I wanted to get out of spring practice. Uh, football was getting beat up and it was hot. And so um, I said to him, could I take a little batting practice? So I remember uh, taking my shoulder pads off and having on a gray T-shirt. And um, I had football spikes on. As a matter of fact, uh, um, Joe, you're old enough. I had a, I put on a pair of Rydells. Oh, I had yeah. on a pair of football Rydells. And the brothers called them Rydells. so i had on a pair of riddell uh riddell uh uh, football shoes and i popped up a few balls hit a few grounders and then i hit about five or six in a row over the palm trees in white center uh in the dead center hit hit a couple fly balls over the left field fence and uh I laid the bat let the bat down and he looked at me said you can you can come here and play anytime you want (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, I do have a deal that if I have a 3.0 average, I can play baseball if I'm, you know, have a 3.0 grade average. And so he said, well, I'll check with the with Coach Kush. And I said, okay, you ask him because I'm not asking him. And, um, you know, a couple of days later, I, ha- I found out I had a 3.2. I didn't even know what my grade point average was. I had a 3.2. And I was released from spring practice, and my baseball career started. Now, I started in my freshman year, but I played football my sophomore year. And then after my sophomore year, I went into baseball. And as a baseball player, I led the home. I led the the college ranks in home runs that year. And then I was drafted. Uh, I was the number one pick in in the draft. But I was not the number one pick. I was ranked as far and above the best college player. But the New York Mets did not want to draft me. Bobby Winkle said, Reggie, you're not going to be pick number one um, because you're dating out of your race. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? He said, you're dating a Mexican girl. I said, well, my middle name is Martinez, and I speak Spanish. Now, how does that relate? He said, well, I know the Mets aren't going to draft you because they think that you could create social issues in the major leagues. And so I really couldn't believe it, but I wound up marrying that girl. And, um, you know, it lasted about four or five years, and then I was divorced. But I was not drafted number one by the Mets because – they thought I was dating outside my race, and my middle name's Martinez with Puerto Rican descent, and I was dating a Mexican girl. So that was that hubbub. That's why I wasn't a Met. Well, they, they're they the ones that lost out, you know? 
look at it that way because uh what you did from there on is just remarkable and and again uh you you set an example for a lot of people and uh you shouldn't let that tarnish what you did because it certainly didn't it, it might have helped you in the long run but uh you uh you took New York by storm when you went there with the Yankees and I know you had some some tips with the owner and and with Billy Martin because uh, but you were successful and you made them a winner and of course everywhere you went you made them a winner you you even helped uh, Gene Autry's team when you went to Anaheim that's another well, another you, funny story about you at Anaheim was that contract you signed that said if you draw more than three million I get a dollar a head remember mm -hmm. that. And, uh, yep. and then a lot of people don't know this about you, so I'm going to expose this. The money you got after they set the record attendance for Anaheim, you gave that extra money to the coaches because they didn't make as much as everybody else. And I, I applaud you for that. That was really cool. Joe, I got to tell you, it's great to have the workout anytime on board 5460 as one of our sponsors. Many of our listeners already know that Workout Anytime as their hometown club where they can work out on their schedule 24-7. Others might be aware that Workout Anytime is a great business opportunity as well. That's right, Mike. Workout Anytime is one of the top 200 fastest growing franchises in the country. They've been at this for more than 20 years, and they're currently in 22 different states, and they're internationally in Honduras and Costa Rica. How about that? You know what? Opening up a gym is becoming a real big part. How about $30 billion in health and fitness industry is what you're talking about this year. Never has it been any easier to invest in workout anytime franchise. Joe, you know, you and I are one in five American adults that have a fitness membership. Yeah, I did know that. As a matter of fact, and I'm told that number is expected to nearly double in the next 10 years. I know these folks that work out anytime and I have known them for a long time. They're so passionate about the industry and their franchises rave about the support that they give the company. Well, here's a great business tip. Go to workoutanytimefranchise.com and learn more. And while you're there, you can see the map of available locations and find out how you can arrange an initial phone conversation to hear more about the proven workout anytime business model. That's workoutanytimefranchise.com. So. That's right. The, the, I was there five years, and every year I would always give them the first day. I'd give the coaching staff the first day, and we averaged about 38000 a game. And so the coaches would split that up between them and get about six, 7000 apiece. And I asked Bobby Clear one day, who was a bullpen coach, and I said, what are you going to do with the money? He said, Reggie, I'm going to live off that over the winter. <laughs> yeah. Hey Reggie, you, you're involved with the Houston Astros these days, and you you've seen the game up close. You've seen the game as a fan as well. Um, what do you like about way the the way the game is being played today, and what concerns you? Gosh, uh, I, I I I don't know if we have two or three hours left, <laughs> but um, I. I guess what I would say is is and be very selective in in how I say it. Um, you cannot plug and play at this level in the game. Um, you can do data input 
and you can do analysis of players. Um, you can give their, uh, you, you can rate a guy's range as to how many steps he covers and how much space he covers um, in the game, uh, on the field, if you will. Uh, you can talk about exit velocity on the barrel when you make contact. You can talk about angle of attack. Um, and all of those things are very important. You can talk about pitchers and uh, uh, their spin rates, etc. cetera. Um, <clears throat> but if you try to diagnose the things that are important, they're all intangibles. Um, in building a championship team, um, whether you're Bill Belichick or whether you're the great Vince Lombardi or um, the great basketball coach of Red Auerbach and the Celtics um, and bring it up to, 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 to you know, the, the people that people know, um, the, the, great, the great coaches that have been in different places, the guy that was, I can't think of his name right now, but with the Saints, um, what, what's that, that coach? Sean name? Payton. Just retired. Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Guys like that that are able to read and quantify intangible value. Um, and the player that I use uh, is if you take a look at, at Derek Jeter, who is, is a player that is, when you look at his skill set, it's not spectacular with range. His arm on a scale of 100 isn't in the 80s or 90s. Um, his power is not in the 80s or 90s. Um, his speed is not there as well. However, during an era that had Griffey, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez in it, um, Jeter was the best player in the game for a while because he was a winner. He was a champion. And that is because of his intangibles. <clears throat> and so there are players that will grade out so much higher. Um, but in the ninth inning, in the seventh game of the World Series, you hit a ground ball at Derek Jeter, and you could bet your life he's going to pick it up um, uh, with, without any flaws and throw at the first base, and the guy's going to be out. It's not so much that you're, I'm looking for the spectacular, but I'm looking for the person that has the right makeup, the right intangibles, the right intensity levels, if you will, the right character that will permeate your team in order to add value and quality to make you a champion. The professional ranks are built for championships and winners. And so while Brady doesn't have the greatest skills of a quarterback or Montana didn't have the greatest physical skills of a, of a quarterback. They were the best during their particular time. So <clears throat> there are players that do have it all. Jordan had all the character and intensity and intangibles that you could possibly have, as well as the skill set. But if you would take uh, a Steph Curry, who isn't dominant physically, but has the skill sets of, and the intangibles, um, you can you can have that um, 
intangible that makes you a champion. And, it, and it's it, Curry's not such a, a, a great example because here's a guy that is included in maybe included in being recognized as the greatest shooter of all time. Um, but as far as him dominating the game physically, no. You're not going to dominate a game physically like a Karl Malone or an Abdul Bar. It's the intangibles that, to me, don't get quantified or don't get counted. I'm going to be quiet for a while and let you guys respond. Guys, it's time to bring that summer heat back into the bedroom. That's right. Confidence can take you far in life. It can also help you in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet and at the fraction of a cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead and be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of our licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no doctor's office visits, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the United States and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? Yeah, it's time to get off the couch and back to work. If your tool needs an upgrade, you need BlueChew.com. Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence. And Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. So if you can benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Joe West at checkout. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Joe West, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com. For more details and important safety information, and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. You know, I want to I want to go back to something because I agree with you. There, there is, there's a there's a measurable that the analytics doesn't have on its on its screen, and I always call it they don't measure your heart, they don't measure your desire. There's no measurable for that. But for you as a champion, what's the one it factor? that comes into something you have in common with so many of those great athletes you just mentioned. There's got to be one thing that makes you guys winners that everybody else doesn't possess. What might that be? <clears throat> well, let's, let's take an example right now that's going on in the game. Jose Altuve is 0 for 23 in the postseason. And for me, he's still is the best player that takes the field. Now, do I include Judge? Yes. Do I say that Altuve is a better player than Judge? No. But I would like to put Altuve in the same class as Judge. And likewise, I think it's a greater compliment to Aaron Judge to be included in the Altuve, at the Altuve level because <clears throat> I asked Altuve in Seattle. He was 0 for 13 or 12, whatever the hell it was. And I said, when are you going to break out? He said, tomorrow. This was on a Friday. Tomorrow, because we were playing Saturday. 
And he said, if I don't break out tomorrow on Saturday, I'll break out on Sunday. Now, that's the attitude that you want from these guys. And so he hasn't had a hit since, and he's played a couple of more games. But for me, the intangible that he has is, is the same intangible that the greats have. The greats have. Um, you don't see it in his skill set unless you're around him. It's easy to see Judge's skill set because of his size, his dominance, and his power. But those guys are cut from the same cloth, and that cloth is an intangible one. Um, and you can file it, I will say, um, when you put their heart on the line. But that's the whole thing. You put your heart on the line, and he does. He does the same thing. And you can't. You can't buy that. You can't teach that. That's that's a given quality. That's like Mike said in your heart. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's just just that an awesome Joe, talent. Yeah. That that Joe is where I disagree with the 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 analytics. Um, and certainly, I will say, and do recognize that analytics have a have a place in the game. It's not the foundation. The foundation of the game is the makeup of the players, the intangible, um, the intangibles recognizing motivation, leadership, integrity, um, character, what's between your shoulders, um, what's in your heart, what's in your stomach, and then go down a little lower and what's down there. Uh, when the when the time gets when times get tough and times get hard times get difficult, is this guy going to show up? And that is a is an innate intangible that you need to read because it's more important than the skill set. No better way to say it. That's exactly <laughs> the way it is. Reggie, uh, as we're running out of time, we know your schedule is a little tight. I have one final question for you. You are a true fan of sport, and just talking to you and listening to you today, and you you pay attention to the other sports as well. Uh, give me one person that you've always admired from a distance that that because of the way they play the game, maybe it's baseball, maybe it's another sport, that you've always admired from a distance and, and really has had an impact on you is how you follow the game. You know, um, Mike, I could name a very long list. Um <laughs> I'm proud of the fact that I'm a fan, um, you know, and so of, of the game and ad, an admirer of, of, of players and people. Um, I have a list of friends in my Rolodex that is, is very proud, I'm very proud of. Um, I have notes that come to me from Joe Montana or Franco Harris or Johnny Bench or Mike Schmidt um, or, or whether they be a comment that I get from Michael Jordan or an Abdul Jabbar or a Jim Brown um, or uh, so many of the players that I admired and looked up to uh, when I was a youngster and eating dinner in Arizona in spring training with Fergie Jenkins, Bill, Billy Williams, and Willie McCovey. Um, whether it was a great comment from Juan Marichal or Bobby Gibson, or my own friends and peers, Benjamin Schmidt, 
whether it was a comment from Sieber or a comment from Steve Carlton or the guys that I have tremendous respect for, whether it's Smoltz or Maddox or Glad, you know, or, or, or whether it's a Rich Gossage or a Derek Jeter. Um, those are people and players that I admire and respect because of their makeup as people. And so whether it's Jackie Robinson or Muhammad Ali or whether it's Sandy Koufax or whether it's Yogi Berra, whether it's Whitey Ford or my interactions with Roger Maris and um, Mickey Mantle, all those guys. I learned from Frank Robinson and Henry Aaron. And so my list goes on and on. Some of the interactions I have with George Brett, who we disliked each other when we played against each other. We were in the Hall of Fame together and didn't speak. One day, the person he was supposed to play with as a sponsor in the Hall of Fame didn't show up, and mine didn't either. And we got stuck together on the same card. <laughs> we played five holes and never said a word and I was even par and he's probably two under and I hit a drive about 300 yards and he hit one about 330 and uh, I said damn man hitting it by me and he said Reggie let me tell you something buddy I'm honored to play with you and from there uh, about 10-12 years ago We've been tremendous friends ever since. Wow. That's amazing. That's a great story. That's awesome. And uh, you know what? Uh, you make people smile when you when you walk in the room. I can remember that little fish house we were in in, in yeah. Monterey. And you walked in and, and uh, Drew Coble and I were sitting at the table with our group from the that World Series of Golf. And I said, Drew, that's Reggie Jackson. He says, yeah, he gave me a dog one time. <laughs> Right. And, and uh, Drew, for those that don't know, Drew was a longtime American League umpire. But uh, we, it's just, you, you fill up the room when you walk in. And, and again, we're, we're proud to have had you on the show. This has been remarkable. And uh, I thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure. Uh, oh, and whether the, 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 there's a player that I played, I didn't play with, uh, he's probably 20 some years younger than me. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, oh, yeah. just a great friend, a person I love to talk to and be with, and my favorite player today. Um, I probably prejudice. I got to say, uh, yeah, at the top of my list is um, Aaron Judge, but I have so much admiration for my favorite player uh, in the game today is Jose Altuve, and here's a guy who's 30 years old. Well, it's amazing. Reggie, again, we thank you so much for spending time with us today. Best of luck to you, certainly your health as well, and certainly the Houston Astros as they try and win a World Series. Uh, again, we can't thank you enough for being part of what we do. All right, guys. I got to take my boss here. Uh, she's ready to go get some breakfast. Uh, you, we don't want to interfere with progress, so you go ahead and handle that. Thank you again, sir. All right, guys. See you later. All right, that's Reggie Jackson. He is our guest, and Joe West uh, doesn't get any better than that. Uh, what a phenomenal player, but I think, as, as our listeners will tell, what a phenomenal person, and uh, we're, we're blessed to have him today. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky we saw a side of him most of the people don't know, you know, that uh, he's a real person, and uh, 
he's the the little things that he's done outside the game we we don't see and you don't hear about the good things that happen you know there's a lot of things that go on in baseball you never hear about and I'm glad we brought some of those to the forefront today so well, we've had a lot of fun this year with 5460 we've had some great guests and uh don't forget folks this is our last show for this season we'll be back next year for sure and also uh we'll have a few of the best of 5460 episodes coming your way down the road so for Joe West, I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank everybody for paying attention to what we had a chance to offer you in this baseball season. We look forward to talking to everybody next year in 2023 with 5460, the Joe West Podcast. My baby took me to the ballpark to see a baseball game. Lord, it had to be at least 99 in the shade I was stealing a glance at some tight short pants Just as I turned my head My baby grabbed me by the arm and this is what she said If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field, you're gonna be long gone Better play it safe and don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me, you'll be out at home You've been listening to 5460, the Joe West Podcast here on the Podcast Heat Network. Make sure to subscribe and don't miss an episode each and every Monday. We'll talk to you next week. She's checking all the signs while I'm enjoying two of the great American pastimes It's fouling up my nerve watching all these curves Remembering what she said to me And if I get caught looking it's gonna be strike three If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field you're gonna be long gone You better play it safe don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me Well you'll be out at home If you cheat on me You'll be out at home If I catch you playing the field You're gonna be long gone You better play it safe And don't do me wrong Cause if you cheat on me Well you'll be out at home If you cheat on me, you'll be out at home.